هاي تسلسل سفن انجنير بودكاست ناو مي عبد الرحمن عاطف اند دكتور غانم كشواني وي ار دوينغ ذا سفن انجنير بودكاست ذات وي كان توك اباوت ذا بينيفيت اباوت ذا سفن انجنير اند ذا فايف وي كان فايف ذا سفن انجنير وي كان دو ذا بيست وي كان دو اند اي هوب يو كان لايك ات ثانك يو ليديز اند جنتلمان ان ذيس ابوزيت وي ار غانا توك اباوت هاو تو شوز ذا كونتراكتر Choosing a contractor is one of the most subjects that the client has to take care of, whether he's a big client or a small client. Many big organizations or developers, they have a standard for selecting contractor. But in this episode, I'm going to speak about a small client, like villa owner, a small building, five or six story building of choosing a contractor. Because we have many cases in the, that either the project delayed or it goes to the core. What do you think, Ghanem, about that? Uh, of, I think uh, this is an extremely important topic. Although in an academic uh, world, maybe there is no much of focus, especially in this region. But in terms of practical and application, I mean, we have really a serious problem with choosing a contractor. It comes from the individual level to the organization because we we have many cases in the court, fraud, dispute, uh, disagreement. And I think... It all starts from the phase of choosing a contractor. And what basis I need to choose a contractor? You know, we have this old mindset, the cheapest, then I go through the contract. I mean, it's, it's not working anymore, I think, and you have much experience in that. But we need a system, a robust system, that it will help you to choose the right contractor and ensure you the high quality and the, the delivery of all the outcomes that have been agreed in the beginning. So this mechanism and this system, to create it, you need a clear steps. And maybe you know, from your experience, because you are in the field, you can share what the kind of the steps as a client, either as an individual or organization, I need to follow to be in the safe side that I have a clear roadmap. Okay, well, actually, Ghanem, thank you for that. There are many steps you need to choose as an author to take the contractor. At the beginning, you have to check the contractor whether he's licensed or not. And this, uh, here in Dubai, you have to check many authorities like Dubai Municipality or Tarakhis or DDA. But uh, in each city, they have a they have a legalization how to be the contractor with the, its license or not. Because in many cases, we discover that the contractor is not even licensed for that type of project. He's for another license. And it happened many times. Or sometimes what they are doing, some contractor, they are doing the work and they are subcontracted to other, to other contractors. They are internal contractors, which really sometimes get a headache. It is legal to do that? It is legal to do that? I mean, to do the subcontractor? I mean, in terms of the law. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just curious. that. If it is labor supply, yes. But sometimes, it's not even sometimes a labor supply. We, I, I saw that before. Sometimes there is no labor supply. They are taking just any contractor, any labor, and just and go and work. Second, you have to check his specialization. Whether your building is steel or concrete, a villa, or G plus four or building. Because we noticed some project, we noticed that like uh, the contractor is still, he's doing a concrete work or a concrete work is doing steel work. It happened. Or what he will do, he will put an internal subcontract. Like for example, he will take the license and he will subcontract to other license. And you have to check his qualification, whether he's qualified or not. For example, uh, this is, you can check by consultant. Like uh, you have to see what is mach- what he have to submit the machinery stuff. What's the labor he has. He has enough labor to do the project or no? Or have enough machinery, at least by experience, we know that he can do it. Because there was one project that the contractor doesn't have the enough machinery or and he stopped the work in the middle. So what to do? The most important thing, which is 
I think it's a tough one. You have to check the background history of the contractor. First, here, I know in the UAE, you can go to the authority, like municipality, and you can get the list of the project, the contractor work. For example, uh, project what he work and you list with the client, you can check with this client what he submit and what he what he submit and what does he doesn't submit and what he did in the project. That you can go by specific experience. And also you can check the existing project. If the contractor has doing any existing project work in, co- in construction, you just can go and go as, have a site, like a site visit. We do it many times. We go have a site visit, we see the, the quality. Or we see the work 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 workmanship of that contractor. Yeah, I but but sometimes you know many company, I don't know they try to to, to compromise all these steps. I mean uh, that you are explaining, and they seek to save time. I mean, say, you know, let's save time. But I think they are cutting corner here. They are doing shortcuts that eventually it will backfire them. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, is it right? Unfortunately, look, I understand the market situation these days. The market is bad and everyone wants want to be competitive. The client knows the market is competitive. He will take the lowest. But sometimes you have to check what he submit because it doesn't mean it's it's cheaper, like uh, like he's doing the good job. Sometimes you have to see his technical. I will tell you an example. Let's assume we have a project with a, a million dollars. Let's assume the profit mm-hmm. is five, you know, mostly if the profit five to 10%. Actually, let's take 5%. 5%. So it is between one point, like one, one million, one million, fifty fifty thousand. And plus or minus, it will be one million plus or minus five percent, which is two from nine from nine hundred fifty to one million fifty thousand. For example, I see a contractor submitting with half a million. It means that there is something wrong. There is something wrong. The contractor is not and the the tender is not is not adequate. There is something wrong. He didn't submit technical qualification. He's not understanding the project. And also one more thing. This is what I think. This is a unfortunately most of the clients is doing these days. They are submitting, uh, they are trying to cut the cost. For example, they will ask the contractor, please make me discount or something. I agree in a way to do value engineer. If you do value engineer, I agree. Once you find the same quality, same performance with the lowest cost. But what happened in the market, they will just they will just agree with the contractor to slack up the project. You know, some projects you slack 30% of the cost. When you slack 30% of the cost, what the contractor will get a profit. He will start playing with the quality. And this is really a bad thing. I mean, value engineering, I think people, they have this concept about it. I mean, value engineering it has nothing to do with compromising the quality. I think many of the companies, they use the value engineering card as compromising the quality and cutting costs. And in the end, you know, if you <laughs> if you pay monkey, you get monkey of jobs. Course. So please, uh, this is my advice for many people. Value engineer is something different. It's a science here. We're talking about science. So don't use it. Oh, this is a card that I will use it every time to to get uh, to cut the cost. Because simply, the contractor in the end of the day, if you cut uh, the cost, you know he will start compromise. You know the quality and the material efficiency. I mean, and many of the, for example, fire engineering investigation, when they see why the material have been compromised, would come for fire safety. One of the root causes is that the client he was again and again use value engineering and I think we need a little bit more education in that uh, really in that area. Yeah, well I agree with you. We need more education for that. This is a difference between value engineer and cutting the cost. Like unfortunately value engineer it had to be with, with a great contractor who know or a great client who go to innovative thing, not to go for just cutting the quality of the cost. As I see in many sites, like the client, the first thing he will see, try to cut, like, and sometimes they are affecting the quality. I understand there are something that doesn't, it doesn't be needed, 
but I don't know how you cut the quality. Sometimes they are cutting many major things, which might affect the project, or sometimes against the regulation. Unfortunately, some clients, because also the clients become cunning these days. Mm-hmm. It's like now becoming the construction, what is a blame game? At the end of the project, if something, nothing happened, it's fine. If something happened, they will blame the engineer and the contractor because there is a warranty DLB period or warranty period. So they will start blaming the, the consultant and the contractor. It's your baby, you go resolve the problem. This is really where I saw it a lot. You remember when you talk about, uh, you talk about in the, uh, in the contract episode that um, we have like a system contract that, um, like a template that every contractor company they need to follow and it is checked by yeah. the government, uh, like uh, they investigate. I think also what we need, like uh, every contract should be verified and attested by the government. I mean, you finish your contract, I have contract between me and you. And then after we finish, we go and we attest the contract. It's like we, it is attestation. It's like when we do for the renting, uh, renting any apartment. Now we go to Tawthiq and all those, you, you attest it. So after you finish the, uh, the contract, with uh, any subcontractor or contractor, you need to attest these contracts. I mean, I don't know if it is exist the system, but I, many people they start doing this even for construction contract. You need to attest it so that you ensure the uh, the the legitimately of, of the contract and uh, the process that it should be go and it will protect you as a client or uh, either as contractor in case there was a dispute. So, what do you think about this idea? I agree with you. It shall be attested. It shall be like what's called uh, unified contract. Actually, there the charge I saw there is some unified contract for that. And in Dubai, like they are using for government authorities, they are using rare contract. But unfortunately, most of the private sector or individual uh, they are going for a FedEx contract because it's the easiest thing and well known. But what they are doing these days, the client, they are adjusting the the term mm-hmm. of contract to its value. Like, for example, the, the FITIC is well known. Okay. So they are adjusting the term of the clause of the contract mm-hmm. to benefit them. And they will put it in a way that will be fixed. Now, but unfortunately, this also will lead to another thing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what, look, when is it a contract is so fixed, client will try to maximize his profit, contractor, he will try to play by doing variations. They will try to have anything, he will try to have, to write to loop and the contract have variation. There is another, a new way now, a new method called a collaborative contract. Okay, it sounds interesting, collaborative. Can you just elaborate about it, Abu? I mean, it is interesting. It never applied in the Middle East. It's in, the, in Europe yeah. and mid in Europe, in Europe and uh, North America. It's like uh, the contractor will do a value engineer and he will get a profit for that. It's simply like that. If you do something okay. with a value okay. engineer or something benefit the project, you will get rewarded. Yeah, but unfortunately, it will not apply here because look, most of the contractor, um, despite the client, okay, I agree with the client, but you have to be also from contractor side. Contractor, most of the contractor here are non-transparent. Contractor will try to play in the Middle East. Like this is a this is a rule some here. Yeah, but if we have clear system for everybody, nobody, can, I mean, both client or contractor, nobody can maneuver, nobody can play because this is clear for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, but the uh, the mentality is different here. The mentality mm-hmm. in the middle in the Middle East is different. Everyone working for profit, but at the end, the project will hurt. And I see this a lot, like where a project, many projects could either delayed or end of the huge cost. Because what happened? The contractor is smart. It's not like, it's not the contract, not smart. They are smart. What they will do in the project, they will know where is the issue, where it goes to a variation, where there is something missing. 
So they will be quiet. They will not be transparent about the beginning of the project or before the contract. When you are in the middle of the contract, they will raise it up at the variations. And that time you have to do it. I believe that it is, we cannot raise the variation like um, later. I mean, there is expiry time. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. I mean, the W breakdown, I mean, if it's the activity in the first phase, and then he said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't raise it in the beginning, then it is your responsibility. As a, as a client, I have no any requirement that or, or any obligation to pay you. So even if the contract, they know, quote-unquote, how to play the game, okay, then uh, sometimes if the system is clear and I'm as a client, I have the education for it, then it is really hard to be fooled with that. And this is my advice here also, um, Choosing the contract, uh, the right contractor, is one step, but it is not everything. You need to know, uh, as we said, the education of the product management. And uh, there is nothing wrong with hearing podcasts and uh, asking your friends and uh, and uh, monitoring step by step with the contractor. I mean, you go, you see, you double check, and you read from different sources. Of course. And you have to check also your drawing and your term is clear from the beginning before you send the contract. Double check three times. The design is correct or incorrect and there is no defect or no deficiency. And you have to check your way. You have to be also with the data updated with the regulation. Because what happens sometimes, even in the middle of the project, you have there is a change in regulation. That change in regulation lead to a variation. Because that's where contract, any change in regulation will lead to a variation. Yeah, and the contractor doesn't uh, have any liability because it is regulation. It has nothing to do with it. Yes, and for and also you have to be check your whether drawing and specification is correct or no. Because what happened? Some of the times there will be defect in the drawing, or there will be misunderstanding or coordination of drawing, especially when it is between articulate and civil and MEB. When there is there is missing in the coordination, and this will lead to clashes, will lead to a variation. Contractor will know about that. Will study the word contract from the beginning, but. During the project, you will raise these issues. So what I advise all was to have to start using latest technologies. Unfortunately, a small contractor with... Such as what, Atom? Uh, this is interesting. So we can use technology in contract and choosing contract? Like in the design. Like, like for example, uh-huh. PEM or Digital Twin or AI. Like for PEM especially, especially PEM. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most of the small contractor, they are not using the PEM because it's costly for them. They, but I'm telling you from other way. Research shows that designing a villa like using a PIM or using the normal AutoCAD, it's the same time. It's almost the same with a little, maybe BIM is a little bit higher. But for example, ask for changing the design, changing a door. It's easier a way to do it in BIM rather than to do it in AutoCAD. Because when you do it in BIM, all the layout will kind of change, like civil, MEB, article, structure. When you have an AutoCAD, you have okay. to change it each layer separately. And sometimes, you know, during the rush of the project, you rush and the client will be in rush to take the project to start the project, there will be some mistakes. Because look, okay. I can't blame because it's a human being. And by the nature here, the project, you have to be in the fast pace. Like you have to take the project urgently. Like whatever you need to design in six months, you have to design in three months to take the project and to rush the contract. Then later on, the site people will gonna then this is what they're telling some consultant. Okay, whatever the site is will be, it's another issue. Not let us read the contract so we can take our, you know, our 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 money. And this is what happened daily in this in, in many times. And and uh, one of the more things you have to be kept to be kept updated also, and you be mm-hmm. keep care about it is you have to, to have to have a, a set of rules before the contract. Like you have to check. Your... And uh, 
what do you mean by set of rules? I mean, somebody will be interesting to hear. What do you mean by set of rules? Set of rules. For example, uh, based on your experience, you have to choose what, what is the correct thing. What is the, how is the term of the variation? How is the term of the DLB? How is the term of the, we have to have, for example, inspection for each stage. This is, unfortunately, many clients are ignoring this. One more thing you can hire is a PMC. You can hire a PMC, like, or, or a client representative who can guide you with that. Especially when can... Like an advisory role. Yeah. We mentioned that before. Like an advisory, uh, another company advisory role um, to teach you how to deal with the contract. Yes, another, you can say that. Another, how to deal with the contract. Okay. So, Atif, I mean, um, now as an, uh, me and as an academic, I mean, we mentioned that, but is it possible to use, uh, because, you know, we mentioned all the points here. I think transversity is one of the issue here. Yeah. So using advice technology like blockchain, Uh, would be a uh, good or it will help us uh, in terms of choosing the contractor. I mean, because everything is traceable, everything is noted. So we mentioned that before about the contracts in general, but to choose the contractor through blockchain. I mean, for example, if I have all the contractor are available on my platform, I choose the contract and then we agree about the steps. We agree about, I can check his license, his everything. So instead, because the steps that you mentioned is great, but yet it could, I mean, and it has a lot of effort to do. And, I, uh, and uh, again, as you know, that the construction, the tempo is really high and it's fast rhythm. Mm. So I believe blockchain, if everything is available, like, for example, I choose contractor A, I go, I see all the license, all the background, and everything is attested by the government. Then it saves my time, saves its time. And then we agree, we put all the document and everything in this platform. I mean, I mean it is very... Um, Uh, visible to do that, but uh, do you think that we can use this P2P technology like blockchain and our contract uh, contract engineering? It's possible, but unfortunately, it's a very recent topic here. There is no client has applied here in the Middle East, but mm-hmm. it's possible. It's possible to apply that, but uh, the issue that even if you use a blockchain, we have to legalize it. So you have to do to the court. The court will not accept that. I think. Because you have to, even you have to still, after you shoot the contract, you have to print it and you have to attest that contract. That's okay. one of the issues. So there shall, so shall be a regulation for that blockchain contract, but it's possible. So out of, um, I mean, since you are practicing this field, any final advice and thought for, for our uh, audience? Well, one of the final thought, I recommend any client, any owner who's especially new in the construction field or doesn't know how mm-hmm. to choose contractor or is unknowledgeable with the construction, To choose a client representative or a BMC at the beginning, it will be easier for him now to guide him where it's the correct or where it's the wrong. This is my mm-hmm. advice at the beginning. Maybe it will cost, a, maybe it's an extra cost, but you have to think what is the profit you're going to gain okay. from it at the beginning. You will gain a lot of profit in the construction. So what about you guys? What about say, how to choose a contractor? You have any difficulty with choosing any contractor? Please, you can talk with us now. We are speaking, we are in the speak now. You can just drop your voice and speak now and we can reply on it. Or you can send us an email. We can put it in the show notes. And listen to us. We are on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast. I wish you the best and take care. Bye, guys. To wrap it up this episode, hopefully you're going to like it. I wish you the rest of work and good luck and see you in another episode. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. See you guys. Have a good day and good night. Thank you. Bye.